My name is Cheryl Webb, and I'm a candidate for mayor of the city of Detroit. Please share your Detroit background and relationship to Detroit, your history of being a Detroiter. I can definitely share my background and my relationship with Detroit. Ironically that you asked me that because I'm here right now on Finkel, where I was born and raised. I was also born in Crittenden Hospital, which was located on 12th and Glendale. And my family has a lot of history here in this particular area on Princeton Street. On both sides, I attended Custard Elementary. I also uh, lived on Finko and Green Line. Uh, so this is my area. I have a lot of background in Detroit. I, we also lived other areas in Herman Gardens. We also lived in, on the east side. Um, we moved to the seven mile, eight mile area late, late, later on. I attended Mumford. I also attended Henry Ford. Um, and um, I also attended Post and Fitzgerald Elementary. Tell the story of what led you to run for office. What the story begins, I was in California and I was doing, I'm, I'm a music entertainer. I have very strong ties in California with the music industry. Um, my children's father, he has passed away just recently, Titus Heath and my brother, uh, King MC. I was writing for Priority Records and we were doing a Priority Records project. And it just had me to be touring with Yo-Yo and Yo-Yo was doing the Yo-Yo School of Hip Hop. And I just had a lot of people that inspired me during my course of my career. So I wanted to come home and um, just add some of the things that I've learned um, going abroad. But the main story was I was leaving um, a studio one night in Long Beach, California. It was me and a guy named uh, Big Hump that's with uh, Snoop Dogg's uh, production uh, label. And we were leaving Atlantic Street. And uh, well, we were going back and forth to the gas station, and uh, the, we were at the, where Tupac's record was being made, Maca, uh Valley to Dawn. And I was very upset because there was I previously had recorded a song in the studio the day before with a guy named Chuck Taylor and Mr. Lee Mac, which is Mr. Hump. And when I came back the next day, someone else's voices was on the song and they had took my hook. And so I was very upset and we were going back and forth, riding up and down the street and the Long Beach police pulled us over. And so the police snatched us out the car and uh, threw us down on the ground and it caused me to have the, a, a terrible hip injury that I have now. So my political things just went totally off the Richter sale. I was ready to just come home after that experience. And when I came home, I was looking for Pattengale Elementary. We used to live on Whitfield and Joy Road as well. And I kept riding around this vacant lot. Then I began to cry because I noticed that this vacant lot was Pattengale. Then I began to drive around the rest of the city and see all of the schools closed down. So I reached out to a few of the leaders of Fuku Bay and we brought Twister out to bring Twister to Pattengale Field to say that we just wouldn't let the field go um, unhabited. And I was, I ran for mayor. That was my first time in 2008. And uh, there was so much corruption going on in 
the elections in the mayor's office and the city council that I just had to revamp myself. And I said, I'm going to put some work in in my city, get some things going on in my community and rerun again while I feel that it's a perfect time to make some some good policies and choices for for our citizens. What is your understanding of the duties of the office you are running for? Well, my understanding is we need to implement good city services and we need to have transparency when we get funding from the federal government, funding from wherever we uh, get our funding from. And our the job as the mayor of the city of Detroit is to make sure the citizens of the city of Detroit are living in sustainable, good conditions, have good mental health uh resources. Public safety is just doesn't deal with crime, but it deals with fire department. It deals with ambulance. It deals with the public safety of the citizens. And so a mayor's job is to make sure that community policing and the policing department is working correctly. I noticed here in Detroit, uh, some of the entities work separately. The city council works on its own. The mayor department works on its own. The, the school, the deep, the DP, the Detroit public school works on its own and the DPD, uh, works on its own. But as a mayor, you're supposed to make sure that all of our entities are working together, getting along. Um, the funding is, is appropriate. It's, there's transparency. The, the citizens are getting the good services that they need and there's a transparency of where funding is going and what services are you know, that the funding was being spent on. What is your position on water shutoffs and water affordability in the city of Detroit? One of the main things, especially during COVID, even flu season, that's a necessity. Uh, I know water shouldn't be free, but water should be free. We all think, but we know that that's, that's not works because that's an administration and we have employees that need to be paid and we have services that need to be addressed. We need to come up with a system where we could use renewable energy resources to make a better system that has clear water. The more water you push in, through a system, just to give some uh, insight on how the water system works, the, the more water you push in through a system, the better quality the water is. And we need to really do something about Detroit's water maintenance, water, water system, and definitely make it affordable. But every household in the city of Detroit needs their water on. What's your position on the repayment of residents who have been overassessed and overpaid property taxes? And that is so horrible. I have people in my family that was personally affected by that. I have a friend that lives on the other side of 8 Mile that worked for General Motors all of her life. Now she's paying rent that she really can't afford because she was forced out of her home for taxes. Um, I was told that you could go to... Um, the housing authority, one of my friends, um, Mr. Geis told me he received $8,000 back, but he had to really go through a process. It is a sticky situation because if we were overtaxed, you still have people that's paying taxes now and that is looking at foreclosures. We, 
We really need to revamp that. Um, back in 2002, all of my taxes was paid and my home was taken from the Michigan Land Bank. And I just recently got my home back on the tax to pay taxes um, just recently through the Detroit Land Bank. So there's been so much corruption with taxes. I think that someone should investigate uh, the uh, city tax department and also the Wayne County Tax Department to find out where did those funds go. Now, what are we going to do about people who lost their homes? So I have came up with a policy and a program that we're going to be pushing called No Bandos because we've been surveying Detroit. We see a lot of beautiful homes that are empty, that people can move into. So we, we, we were coming up with policies and some type of action plan to get Detroiters back into the city of Detroit, back into now other people have taken over their home. So get them a home, get them a home back, you know, into their possession. What is your plan and position on abandoned properties like schools throughout the city of Detroit owned by the Land Bank Authority? Well, no bandos. That's um, a program that we're coming up with, and there's some policies that we want to put into play where there's no vacant buildings, there's no vacant homes. We have a lot of homelessness that people could be living in these structures. So we plan to go in um, and fix those structures. Some people make programs that people are not eligible for. They, their credit is not good, and then that, that's when predatory lending come in. So we need to revamp that whole situation. Um, we need to do, uh, we need to get these houses fixed up. We don't need to be misaccaliating funds, saying that we're building and we're tearing down where we're not. We need to get these people in the home, and we need to get a, a program where people can make sure maybe every month just, uh, if they pay $100 towards their taxes after we talk about what happened to <laughs> millions of dollars of taxes, what we could do to, to make sure that everyone's taxes are paid. What's your definition of police reform? Do you feel it's needed in Detroit? If so, in what ways? What is your position on facial recognition technology? Police, re police reform and facial technician technology. Uh, I did watch last week that Detroit did vote on facial technician uh, recognition technology. Um, okay, when my cousin was murdered, there was a problem with us identifying on the cameras who the assailant was. So it took us two years to actually identify. There were three or four different cameras with the assailant on camera. I feel that if uh, facial recognition was available, it wouldn't have taken that long to find out who committed the crime. Now, on the other hand, because there's always two sides, I don't want anyone under these, there's other laws under facial recognition. I don't want anyone that's innocent. Uh, we having a lot of problems already with our policing department, with cases that's just being jumped and things like that. We have to really clear what is this 
you know, what, what lies behind this facial recognition and how it will impact Detroit in the next couple of years with people going to jail for things they didn't do. And I heard that the facial recognition, recognition technology really didn't work also. Now with reforming, reforming the police department, I am definitely uh, for that, but not defunding the police department, not in the city of Detroit. Funding, more funding for community policing. And I was gonna reach out to Homeland Security because I'm a Homeland Security certified emergency response uh, tech um, graduate. If we could get some funding from the federal government to uh, instill some of the things that we were doing with the Homeland Security, with the certified emergency response team, getting people and the citizens of Detroit more involved in policing the community, getting, uh, we've been having our community weekly Zooms, we call it the community, where we've been uh, partnering and talking with community policing officers to come on our Zoom and talk about these things, back to walking the beat, uh, having more community involved. So when you, there's a stigma, there's the police. Everyone hates the police until it's time to call 911 or something happens. So we, the police are, we, we need to protect the citizens and protect the police. You notice there's a lot of crimes being, being done to law enforcement that haven't, that hasn't been done before. So they're someone's mother, father too. And we do have police officers and I've come, I've had situations with police officers also, uh, me and my daughter in Detroit that are bad. And so we need to see those bad seeds out and get good uh, law abiding citizens to join our police community, you know, and do better as a community with policing. Right now, what we, what the city of Detroit needs to do, the citizens of the city of Detroit need to take responsibility for their own community. I feel that if you're, just right now, if you're not from the city of Detroit, then you don't need to be a police officer here. And if you are, if you have situations to where you are being rep, rep, reprehended for things, you, you do not need to be behind that badge because this is a community job. This is a social job. You know, people are coming. We are, we are citizens. We're paying for you to do that job. How would you enhance Detroit's neighborhoods and which neighborhoods would be your priority? Any specific one? Okay, so um, one of our uh, things that we say in our, this campaign is strengthening unity within the community. We have been doing that. We have mental health services with Pastor Joyce Branham at the We Care Center, and that's at St. Suzanne Cody Ridge. We have people who volunteer an hour of their time just to hear someone talk. Talking is very important. Mental health right now is very important in all of the in all of the districts. Uh, some of the districts like this, the Finkel area, Linwood, Dexter area, as I was canvassing the area, I always drive through. I still have family members here. I would like to see some of the buildings restored. We were saying that it would be great to have cleaners, restaurants, malls, not strip malls, malls that the city of De the citizens of the city of Detroit, um, we're talking about empowerment entrepreneurship.
We need a couple of malls that we own, a couple of cleaners that we own, the citizens of the city of Detroit that we own, and the employees are citizens of the city of Detroit. What do you see as the future of Detroit? I see Detroit as having a great future. Uh, there are six women candidates right now there for, for mayor that are from the city of Detroit. Uh, we have formed of union in the city of Detroit. Citizens like yourself, we've made the decisions to let people know what the spirit of Detroit is really about. We have gotten such an eyesore um, and such a negative outlook on our city because of the crime and things like that. Our, I see our city moving forth, but the only way we can move our city forth is power, empowering our neighborhoods again. I was watching Violet TV, and I think Trick Trick may have said that they have taken the neighbor out of the neighborhood and have left us with the hood. I believe it was Trick Trick that said that. One of the artists on Vilad had said that. I think it was Trick Trick. And we, we, I really believe in the citizens of the city of Detroit. I really believe that the spirit is there. I know we're in 2021. I believe in the future because of the youth. Uh, we, we have a youth. I used to call it an at-risk youth, but now my youth are 30 and 40 years old now. And their children are... Um, the youth are really inspiring in this city. They need a, a chance. And the seniors, they feel like we have left them behind because I'm really an advocate for seniors. So we, we've just been implicating some things beyond the campaign just to let the seniors know we love them. The youth know that there is a future here. So I see a wonderful future for the city of Detroit. Are you familiar with and what is your position on the Detroiters Bill of Rights? No, I'm not. And you know, I'm an honest person. And what, I, I am not familiar with the Detroiters Bill of Rights. Is that new? Is it? It's something that um, Mary Sheffield, some council members, Mary Sheffield, drew together to put in the charter that citizens have the right to, you know, water, affordable housing, yes. and some things that yes. um, are to be amended in our city charter. Yes. So um, just looking to see, you know, if people have a position on adding those kinds of rights. Yes, absolutely. We need charter. to support our city charter more. The mayor's office is not even supporting our city charter in this election. Why should Detroiters vote for you? Detroiters should write in Cheryl Webb because when you vote for Cheryl Webb, you're voting for yourself. You are voting to be a part of your community, take responsibility of your community, have entrepreneurship in your own community. When you vote for Cheryl Webb and you also donate to the You campaign, because that's the campaign, our, our mayor's candidate campaign is the You campaign. It's with transparency. Whatever funds go into that campaign, we donate it back into the community with transparency. And that's the same thing that we would like to do, to have the opportunity to do in the mayor's administration.